expresses the kingdom to the extent that now there are over 200 agencies in the city that relate back to that church uh, in terms of what they've built by God's grace over those years. Uh, David's a sort of a, a ten-talent man. He's a trained chorister. He's a songwriter. He's a, he's a communicator. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, compiled a, a song album. Some of you may have listened to that. Uh, he throws me curveballs on a regular basis. And, but also, he's, he's part of the area leadership team of Assemblies of God. Two years ago, when we repurposed the structure of AOG and uh, Central Area came into being, uh, I went to see David, and we spoke with just great candor, just had a great meeting, and asked if he'd join the journey of being part of that team. And he kind of said yes, and it's been an absolute privilege uh, to work with him on the team over these last two years and just take things forward in terms of that wider context that we belong to called AOG. I say all that because personally I'm delighted that he's with us this morning, Christian is, and uh, we know that God's going to speak uh, through David this morning, a good brother, someone that we appreciate, a friend, and we know that he'll bless Arena Church. So in best time on a tradition, why don't we give him a great Arena welcome as he comes to minister this morning. Thank you very much. We're on a day out. It's a trip. It's very exciting when you lead a church to get out occasionally, and I rarely get out. And so uh, I'm going to tell you everything I know in the next uh, hour and a half. And uh, it's great. I'm traveling with my friend Rob. And I'm here because I think Phil's a great guy. It's an honor to serve with him in the area and uh, just to have great respect for him. Uh, even though he has a terrible choice of football team. And uh, let's face the facts, he loves Derby really inside. It's a fact. It's a fact. Some of you don't care about football, do you? No. I'm here because I think Christian's a man of faith who inspires me. I'm sitting there thinking, why didn't I ask somebody to buy us a minibus? (laughs) Why haven't I got a businessman who's not saved giving us a lot of money? We're going to find them, Robert. And... I'm here because I believe you as a church are stepping out of the boat and trusting God and I feel I'm carrying the word of the Lord for you this morning and it's a, I, I pray it really challenges you and really stirs you. Every one of us in this room carries situations that we can't solve. We are walking in things that we can't mend. We live in a town that we cannot save on our own. And we are facing a battle that's raging and is a challenge that we can't just win in our own strength. And we are facing so many of these things in our church in Leicester. We do not know what to do in many, many situations. And one of the wonderful things about the Bible is that when we don't know what to do, it gives us some things we can do. And it inspires us. And this morning I want to talk to you from 2 Chronicles 20. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but feel free to turn to it in your Bible, even though a number of the scriptures are going to come up on the screens. And I'm going to talk to you about the situation of Jehoshaphat, who's facing a challenge that he has no solution for. He does not know what to do to see the victory that God has promised him. And so I wanted to talk to you about what to do when you don't know what to do. And we pray, Lord, this morning you come and inspire us. And Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I pray you just speak through me and uh, and communicate something of your heart. 
What did the man of God do when he did not know what to do? When he faced situations that were beyond him, when he could have easily tried in his own strength, but he knew that would not give him the victory. What are you going to do in your life in the situations where you do not know how to bring solution? You don't know how to see things change. I live with this constant conundrum inside me, incredible gratitude for what God has done and is doing, and incredible sadness for living in a city that it seems to me does not get really closer to finding Jesus. Thousands and thousands of lives that surround our little place that as yet are not uh, in a relationship with Jesus. And I face that challenge. The first thing that he did when he was facing a situation that he didn't know what to do was that he came and he just simply stood before God. We read that some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. And then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard. When he heard there was an army coming, when he was facing a situation he couldn't solve, the first thing he did was he ran to God and he stood before him. And he just stood there. The second thing he did was he remembered who God was. We read in verse 6, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? He stands among the people and he remembers who God is and he confesses what God has done. The third thing he did, I'm just getting my notes all mixed up because I'm all excited. He remembered, secondly, who God was. Let me read that scripture. Just go back in the PowerPoint. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. He remembered who God was. Thirdly, he remembered what God had done. Fourthly, he gave him the challenge that he faced. Verse 10, God, here are men from Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. He went and stood before the Lord. He remembered who God was, what he'd done, and he gave him the challenge he faced. God, we can't do this without you. These are the facts. We can't do it without you. Our resources come to an end. We don't have the people to fight. We cannot solve this on our own. The fifth thing he did was that he trusted him. He stood before the people in verse 9 and said, If calamity comes on us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you'll hear us and save us. In other words, whatever happens, we're going to trust you. You're our only option. <laughs> if you don't come through, we're stuffed. And the last thing that I read in this first part that he did was that he waited. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord, facing a situation he did not know what to do. He stands before God. He remembers who God is, what God has done. He gives him the challenge that he faces. He trusts God and he waits and stands there. So what about our lives? What about our churches? When we do not know how to get the breakthrough that we long for, when we pray prayers or we have visions from God of dreams and we do not know how to get there, what do we do? I want to just take these simple thoughts. When we need a miracle, when his provision is the only answer, when we've got no other solution, when our wisdom runs out, when God's timing seems out with ours, what do we do? 
the first thing we need to do is just simply stand before him. He's all we have. To have him in our lives is enough. We're complete in him. We stand before him in surrender. We humble ourselves. Less of me, more of you. We remember that we can't do it without him. This is where we are in our church at this point. We live in a city in Leicester where the majority serve other gods or no God at all. I serve in a church on a back street in a suburb where the number of temples and places of worship seems to increase every month. There's a hall just near our compassion center that's just been bought by another Islamic group. It's a war where we are, a spiritual war. They're good people, but the spirit's behind some of it. I'm surrounded by need, brokenness, vulnerable people, broken people. We have a compassion ministry that is beyond us to fund. In myself, with my gifts, the amazing team that work with us, we cannot solve the challenges we face. There are days of challenge ahead. There's a war brewing in our city for the souls of men. Tens of thousands of people gather to celebrate other gods in our city at times. But what about for you in your adventure? Here as a church, you're daring you, that you cannot solve where he's taking you. Where he's taking you with some of the compassion work. Where he's taking you in the, the, the work there in Mansfield. And even here, let me tell you, you may not realize it. You cannot solve the challenges you're going to face. You can't. You've got to stand before him. You've got to secondly like the man of God. Remember who he is. When overwhelmed... Remember who he is. He holds the universe in his hands. He knows the names of over six billion people, and he's also got time to be a father to you. He can hear everyone talk at the same time. He knows the stars by name. He's not overwhelmed by anything. If you as a church will keep your eyes on him and remember who he is. See, some, I was in my devotions this week thinking about so much of my life is here looking at what surrounds me, and yet, What is above me is far more real than I imagine. We remember who he is. We remember what he's done. Your testimony. I'm excited today about all the people that are being baptized in our church. I'm so excited about it this morning and tonight. And I'm not there, but I'm excited. They're going to have an amazing Sunday. We remember the testimony, not just of the people there, but my own testimony. How he rescued me at 19 years old. Your testimony, how he he stepped into your life. Remember your testimony. Because if he did that for you, he can do it for anyone. We remember the breakthroughs we had. The times when he came and his presence touched us. Or we were healed or we had answers to prayer, provision. We remember his goodness to us, how he has always been faithful. We remember what he's done. For us as a church, in the 1950s, there was a campaign in a a hall in Leicester. A little piano in the corner, no amplification. Hundreds of people gathering in this hall. They'd sing a hymn and no emotion. Preaching incredible miracles. Over a thousand people who found Jesus in that campaign in the 50s with Valdez. 
And then out of that, 20 people taken by a young man of God and disciple that became the history and the beginning foundation of our church. We were founded on the miraculous. I would think your history is pretty much the same. We remember what he's done. We never forget what he's done. We give him, fourthly, the challenge that we face. Of course, we've got to all do that we can. I love Christian's heart there. Listen, this is... (laughs) When you stand here, we, we cannot do this work without our church. We can't. And we need everyone to serve and everyone to pray and everyone to give and everyone to love and everyone to long for him. But beyond that, we have to give him the challenge we face. We cannot solve the challenges that we face. We cannot handle in our own strength the things that have faced us. We give him the challenge. That's what Matty did uh, an Asian lady in our congregation, brought up in a simple farming community in India. She went, finished to get to school, and she met an English teacher who was a Christian who talked to her about Jesus. And she got wonderfully saved, and she began to have a thirst for life. And one day, as she stayed living at home in her Hindu family, she stayed living there. One day, her, her sister had been trying to have a baby for many, many years. She said to her sister, you know, Jesus can make a difference. Her father heard the conversation and he said this, if the God that you serve, if you pray and and your sister has a baby, we'll all believe. And so she prayed for her sister that God would give her a baby. And that night her sister went home and had a vision and she saw a man with a beard and a staff who stood before her. And she told Matty about it and she said, that's Jesus. He came to see you. You're going to have a baby. The next month, she became pregnant. Nine months later, just after she had given birth to her baby, her father took the whole family and all the idols from their house, walked down to the local river, threw them in, and confessed Christ. If you, if you, give, him, if you give him the challenge you face, he can make a difference. That's what Dave did in our congregation. When he sat three years ago and told his wife that he was 85,000 pounds in credit card debt, 12, 11, 12 credit cards, and he sat with Susan and I in the room and just confessed his sins to his wife. I'll never forget that moment as they all wept, and he was so broken, and she looked at him and she said, I'm so angry with you, but I won't leave you, Dave. We'll get through this. And some miracles in their life. They both worked incredibly hard. They were given some help through CAP. They worked through it. And earlier this year, they stood and testified to the fact that they were now debt-free. You see, when you give it to him, something happens. Sarah, a doctor in our church, had ME as a young girl through her A-levels. She could go and do two hours at school, and then she'd be so exhausted that she couldn't do anything else. And yet she wanted to be a doctor. And she felt God say to her, even though she'd asked him many times to heal her, apply and go. It was an impossibility. She had no energy. And as she arrived at Leicester Medical School, she was so tired, she didn't know how she was going to do it. But from the first day, she began to go to lectures. I believe she never missed a lecture. She went on and trained as a doctor. And earlier this year, stood and just testified that she had not been afflicted by ME since the moment she obeyed and came to Leicester. Fantastic. Shane, a young guy in our church, born in, 
in a dysfunctional family. His dad was an alcoholic who eventually died of alcohol. He was from a broken, working-class family that told him never to aspire for anything. He came to university at Leicester. He stayed in the town, city where he was born. He found Jesus. He started coming along to our church. And not long after becoming a Christian, he had a vision. And he saw himself in China. And he saw himself making a difference. And he began to dream and pray about it. He started to learn Mandarin. <laughs> it could never happen. But he gave it to God. And he trusted him. Shane went on a course that we ran for international students. We've got, I think, two Chinese students being baptized today as part of that. I'm so excited. You know, the testimonies of these uh, these people. He went on this course. A lady became a Christian on it, a young girl called Ren. After she had been nurtured, they began to date. He then began to dream about China. And not so long ago, we married them. And then he went to take up his new job in the British consulate in, uh, in, the, in what's the capital of China? I've forgotten now. In Beijing, where they now are. See, if you give God, all those testimonies are on our website. There's a number of others. If you want to have a look, stories, videos of what God can do. You give him the challenge. That's what the man of God did, and that's what we have to do. We stand before him. We remember who he is. We remember what he's done. We give him the challenge. We trust him. You can lean on him because he loves you and likes you. You revisit again and again, God, I believe you are able. You are able to do this and you wait for him. Sometimes the silence of waiting is so long. It's so painful and you wait. What happened to the man of God? Let's go back to the story. So he did all of this. What happened in the next part? The first thing that happened was that the word of the Lord came to him. The spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel as he stood in the assembly. We're in verse 14. And he said, King Jehoshaphat and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. The word of the Lord came to him. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I'm able. Nothing is impossible. I'm going to fight for you. This is what happened to him as he lived like this. The second thing that happened to the man of God was that courage rose up. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm. See the deliverance I'm going to give to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. I'll be with you. Courage rose up. He began to believe. He received confidence. He began to trust even to another level. That if God had helped him this far, just perhaps, just maybe, in his generation, he would see a breakthrough. The third thing is that they began to sing. Because worship always accompanies breakthroughs. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him. Saying, give thanks to the Lord. I want you to picture it. Armies of vile, demonized people approaching the people of God. And their answer, put the singers at the front. Go on, have a bit of a sing. If you die, you die. And they began to sing. That takes real courage. They began to sing. The fourth thing that happened was the victory came. As they began to sing, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. As they... They had to step out before they saw. It wasn't immediate. It came gradually. 
As they hung in there, they began to see breakthrough. Victory came, and the last thing that I read happened in this amazing passage is that blessing was released. Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. And the fear of God came on the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how God had fought against the enemies of Israel. They saw blessing, they saw payback, they saw breakthrough, they saw respect, they saw the kingdom of God come when they lived like this. So what about you and me? Just after quarter to 12, Sunday the 9th of June 2013. How on earth is this relevant for us today? I want to say this. That if we do what the man of God did, if we stand, if we remember who God is, if we remember what he's done, if we trust him and wait in the silence where it seems sometimes God is quiet, the word of the Lord is going to come to us. The word of the Lord's going to come to us. He's going to say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I'm still able. Nothing is still impossible for me. As you trust me and lean on me, I'm going to fight for you. Faith is not comfortable. The water gets choppy. Some people are sifted out because the journey becomes too challenging. But when you step out the boat, you've got the chance of something happening. The word of the Lord will rise in your heart. Courage will rise. You will have confidence to believe God to another level and trust that just perhaps he might. And you'll believe God for something else. I want to see a thousand people baptized in a year in our church. I want to see something so amazing happen in our church and the other great churches of our city. I said to Rob this morning as we drove uh, through Leicester, And then uh, through Stapleford, we are not in revival yet. There are a few cars on the road. The churches we passed had one or two people outside. Oh, that the day would come when such is the move of God. The courage would rise in us that every church has queues of people waiting to find Jesus. Courage, rise. What are you believing for as a church? I trust your bar is not too low. Well, you know, if we can just get through life, it'll just be okay. The courage would rise in you that in this generation, that in your day, you might see something. What about all those wonderful people in this church that gather in Kona Blue there in, in Derby from time to time? Some of you 20s and 30s. and you believe, I love Kona Blue coffee. Fantastic. It's partly because he gives me so many free vouchers. I'm very grateful for that. It's the only reason I I go up to Junction 28 to shop. No, it's not. Mostly I try and buy a cake because I feel a bit guilty about it. But not always, not always. Courage. Can it rise in the 20s and 30s in this group? That your generation, no, with all this challenge that you have with technology and, and, and staying connected and million, all this and the pressure of life and debt and, and, and how you're going to live. Is there a chance that in your generation, courage rises? What's going to happen if we stand and remember and speak out and trust 
we're going to sing. We're going to sing again. We're going to sing something different. You're going to sing the song of the house. And the song of this house may not be the songs that anyone else is singing. And be brave. Be brave to write your own songs as well. And to stop and sing something simplistic. And just to let God bring a new song. The singers are going to sing. We need more singers. You need more singers in the house. who are going to rise up and sing. And sing and worship. Because they're going to stand at the front. You say, well, I'm just a singer. I'm just a singer at the back. You know, you're going to stand at the front and all those demonized horde are on their way towards you. And if God doesn't turn up, here's the good news. You're going to lose your head. Fantastic. You're going to get butchered. Who wants to join the singing team? God or butchered? We'll sing. We'll look at him, not the challenge. We'll, we'll throw ourselves in. We'll be led by worship. Not this ego or not this image or not this, but something of the spirit that draws us in. And victory is going to come. As they, he began. As we, he will begin. <laughs> so he makes you step out of the boat. So he says, let's do something with after schools clubs. Let's do that. And you go, ah, we, can we afford this? Probably not. Have we got all the people yet to serve? Probably not. But why not? The worst that can happen is, it's brilliant. And you step out and you buy a building. Are you mad? You buy an old cinema in a town that needs a move of God. Are you mad? Why not? What would happen if oh, it really does get developed? And you'd really do see a church of two, three, four hundred people in Mansfield. Oh, what would happen if that happened? And you go, yes, well, we always knew. <laughs> mm. It's our church in Mansfield. <laughs> I know. Victory will come. You'll begin to see a breakthrough you'll begin to see a breakthrough. And lastly, like the people who's began to get favor all around. Blessing, as we step out, will break out. We'll see payback. Payback in our lives where we've been wronged, where we've been cheated. Payback, where things have not been as they should. And we've not fought, but we've stood and said, I'm going to leave that one with you, Jesus. Blessing will begin to break out. We'll see breakthrough in situations where we, it was too hard and we never saw it. And all of a sudden, when we arrived at the church, it was very, very difficult. Reaching out to the community, I was overwhelmed. Women in burkas and men with beer cans. How on earth do we solve this? How do, how do we even begin? And the, the church door would be locked and, and, and it would be the church would come in on a Sunday and then go out. And the Lord said to me, in my fear and trembling, open the door and get out there. These are the people. And in the one mile around our building. And I'm so excited about the amount of community connection. The amount of Muslim men and women who come through our program to be taught English. To be taught in a friendship club about the difference between Christianity and Islam. An opportunity to debate and talk. The amount of people that are coming through. The thousands of people that have come through open hands. As we just said, God, what we've got, we'll give you. 
It's a challenge. It's way beyond us. I sat with a man on Thursday, and I, I, I didn't know how to respond. And he said to me, he was here on Thursday, I came on Tuesday, and I, I've got some jeans, but I've got a problem. They're too big for me, and you haven't got any belts. We haven't got any belts. They've all gone. And I sat there thinking, do I give him mine now? Actually, I wish I had. But my trousers have fallen down all day, and that's embarrassing as a preacher. <laughs> if it brings revival, I'm willing to have a go. No, I'm not. No, don't don't quote that. (laughs) That's a bad quote. I think this podcast will need to be edited. We've begun to see breakthrough. A local school where when we arrived six years ago, there was no no impact. And mostly, we meet in a a school building that's 96% Muslim kids. Opposite the largest mosque. Yeah, so that, that's where we are. And sometimes it's not easy, let me tell you. It's not easy. You know, come on in from the white middle class suburbs. Come on in. We think your car will be safe. Come on in. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But the lo- two local schools are so excited. Susan became a governor there. They began to open up. And we did, started an after-school club that you're talking about here that, that's full of kids who are being reached. And they're so impressed by it. They want their younger kids in the school to be impacted. And they said, but we don't want to do it after school. We want to give a part of the school day over to this club. 120 kids. We want you to come and do two 60s uh, with these kids from a Christian perspective. Woo! And you start thinking, God, you're at work. Of course, you've got to do that with wisdom. You can't just go in there and you've got to do it with wisdom, but... Blessing will break out. There's no reason why if you have sowed the seed in this house, you shouldn't begin to see payback and blessing and favor and grants and finances coming in. In fact, all that you need, all the people you need, all the premises you need and all the provision you need for everything that he truly has asked you to do is on its way or it's already in this room. God is going to send all that you need to do everything you've got. So let me just recap and then we're going to pray. Here they are. Here's the people of God. They stand before him. <laughs> Let's just stand there. Oh God. You know, there, there are so many days these days when I, this is where I get to. Because with all my whiteboard and creative ideas and thinking and plans and structure, it's not enough. You just stand before him and you remember, God, this is who you are. You, you spoke and all the stars came into being. You, this is, this is who I'm worshipping. This is you. You're not limited to whether or not my bunion is going to get better. And may it get better. No, I haven't got one, but you. If you have one. But he's, this is him. We remember what he's done. He's saved me. He's provided. He's never left me. He, he touched my family. He, he healed. He, 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 he broke through. We remember. We trust him. God, I'm going to trust you a bit more. And I'm going to trust you by learning to give financially. And I'm going to trust you by learning to include you in my life. And I'm going to trust you by learning to speak about you. And not just be church, but go and be church. Which is what it's all about. You may be the only church people ever see. You're it. And I wait. I wait. What happens? The word of the Lord comes. Don't be afraid. Come on. Keep speaking. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Come on, come on. Keep pushing through, just perhaps today. Courage rises in your heart. 
Courage. You know, God has done something in my heart. I used to be so intimidated by some of the men that come through our drunk, alcoholic, addicted men that come through our program. But now, Polly's not being six foot two helps. You know, some of these big men, I get in and I cuddle them and I, I shake because they're all little boys looking for daddy, really. That's all that's going on in them. They've just been dealt a bad hand or they've made some bad choices. And some of them are naughty, but they're lovely. Naughty, lovely. The word of the Lord comes. Courage rises. We begin to sing. There's a song coming. I am still, as a worship leader, I'm believing for the days when during the worship, as the song just goes up, the glory cloud walks in. And all of a sudden, everyone who's sick in the room's healed. Everyone who's not saved runs to the front. And something goes out from the building and from houses and, and mosques and temples. People begin to run and fall under the power of God. And something happens and a city's shaken and the media get on with it. Other churches catch it and a city's won. Why shouldn't 100,000 people be saved in Leicester? And how, why not 10, 15,000 in Ilkeston? You know, why not? They all need him. And victory comes, and blessing breaks out. I, I just believe God wants to bring another level of blessing on the house, and another level of breakthrough. Stand with me, will you, please? Can I just have a bit of keys? Now, I want to encourage you. You're going to go home in a minute, and, uh, and that's wonderful. But I, I want to pray, and I want to leave something of a breakthrough spirit in this room. Another level. You know, I'm saying to, to Christian, and I'm saying to Phil, don't be discouraged. Keep going. You know, just perhaps, just perhaps in your generation, you're going to see the things that you dreamt of, but you maybe didn't even dare say. But what about your life? What do you do when you don't know what to do? We're going to stand before him. We're standing before him here. And he's here in this room. His presence is here because he's come to meet with you and touch your life this morning. He loves you dearly. He's passionately committed to you. He's a God of grace who reaches out his hands. Yeah, we need to change, but he's so kind. Just stand before him. Imagine the situation we've read about. Just stand before him. Let courage begin to rise in your heart. Just recount just what God has done for you. Just just, just remind yourself. Just tell stories in your head or, or out loud what he's done for you. When you became a Christian. Such an honor to have Colin and Hazel Whitaker here this morning. And I just honor this tremendous couple. I was reading one of Colin's books on holiday this year. Susan and I. They've seen things. May they see more things before they come to be with you, Lord. What about you? Come on, let courage rise in your heart. Courage rise. Please, I want to urge you, stop looking down or looking horizontal. It's time to look vertical. It's time to look up. Look up and see the deliverance he wants to give you. Look up and see the breakthrough he's bringing. Look up and see all the angels that are, and the archangels that are beginning to fight on your behalf. Look up and see the coming of the kingdom of God where you are. A breakthrough to another level. Stop looking down at everything that isn't or is difficult and start looking up and remind yourself that he is able.
Now pray with me. Father, I pray right now in this house with what you've placed in me here. I want to leave it here. Father, I pray that a spirit of breakthrough, a barbarazim spirit in this house that doesn't settle for second rate or a limited uh, ceiling, but breakthrough, I prophesy an open heaven over this work. Lord, another level, another measure, another thousand cubits, a breakthrough in God, a faith for people people to be saved and healed and delivered and trained and sent out. Lord, I pray that a new breakthrough would come in the name of Jesus. And such as I have, I give to every person in this room in the name of Jesus. Reach your potential. Look up and see all that God can do in your life. And we're going to give him all the praise and all the glory. Now, if you know how to speak in the language of the Spirit, just speak out. Otherwise, speak in English. Come on, begin to pray. Just pray, pray right now, pray. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Now, what we're going to do now is we're going to sing a new song together. Just as a, my friend plays on the keys here, we're going to sing a song you've never learned. And you can sing in your, any language you like, but one I'll sing in the spirit right now. Come on, church, sing. Sing, 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 sing. Amen. Amen. Fill us again, Lord. As they began to sing as they began to sing. From this house of prayer this morning, Lord, plant your ambushes. Plant your ambushes. Give us a breakthrough, we pray.